Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we'll be in Matthew 5, verses 17 through 20. There are people today who may affiliate themselves with Christianity in some way, but believe that Jesus is simply all about brotherly love and has somehow done away with the Old Testament necessity to obey God's law. But is that what Jesus said? What is the relationship between the Old Testament idea of obedience to God's commandments and the coming of Jesus? Is it one or the other, or both? Jesus addresses the answer directly in this passage. Here's today's piece of the sermon entitled, Surpassing Righteousness. Often it is just called Moses and the Prophets. There the perspective is, Moses wrote, uh, he was the human author of the first five books of the Bible, the Torah, the law, and then the rest of it is lumped together under the general heading, the prophets, those whom God sent along to expound upon the meaning of the law, and sometimes just called your law. And we'll see that as we work through the Sermon on the Mount, even, even today. But by saying the law or the prophets, Jesus means, I am in complete agreement with what Moses wrote and all of the later additions and, co- and comments that God inspired to be written to go along with the law of Moses. In reality, Jesus gave honor to the law and the prophets far beyond that of the Pharisees. They buried the word of God under this mountain of their man-made traditions. And instead of recognizing that God's law is the thing that demonstrated their sinfulness and their spiritual neediness, they just buried it, literally. They regarded keeping their traditions as the only way to obtain salvation. They had God's favor on them, they thought, and everybody who didn't live the way that they told them to live couldn't possibly be from God. Truth of the matter is, they were the ones annulling, setting aside the law and the prophets. So here's one thing that Jesus said about them. Remember this, it's from Matthew chapter 15, verses um, verses 6 through 9. He has just used uh, an example of one of their traditions that basically gave them a way to not have to obey the fifth commandment and take care of their, of their parents when the time came. And he says this in Matthew 15, verses 6 through 9. He says, By this you invalidated the word of God for the sake of your tradition. You hypocrites, rightly did Isaiah prophesy of you. And then he quotes Isaiah 29, 13. But in vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the precepts of men. They were equating their traditions with the Word of God. Not just a helpful way to remember to apply the Word of God, they were burying the Word of God under their traditions. There is all the difference in the world between doing good works 
out of gratitude for what God has done for you. That's what we should do. By grace, you've been saved through faith, that not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, not as a result of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. We're supposed to do good works. We're supposed to work hard at doing good works. We're supposed to be devoted to to, to serving everyone that we can, and especially those in the household of faith. That's, that's part of why God has left us here, is to give Him glory in that way, to let our light shine so that people will see our good works and glorify our Father who's in heaven. Remember where that is in the Bible? The verse before the one we just read? Okay, that's what God wants us to do. But it's totally different if you have the attitude of doing all the good things that you do in order to gain favor with God. Because they're never good enough. And we'll show you that more this morning. Verse 17 of Matthew chapter 5. Jesus says, Do not think that I came to abolish the law or the prophets. I did not come to abolish but to fulfill. Notice the contrast. Abolish or fulfill. Fulfill is the key word. Jesus says, I'm not setting it aside. I'm telling you where, I'm showing you where it leads. It's supposed to bring you to me. He is the fulfillment of the prophecies of the Messiah. Messiah is the the Hebrew word Mashiach for the anointed one. The Greek version of that is Christos, Christ, the anointed one. The one who will bring the kingdom of heaven to earth. He is the He is the fulfillment of the prophecies of of the Savior, first hinted at all the way back in in Genesis chapter 3. Jesus is also the fulfillment of the the whole system of all the laws of sacrifice. All of those sacrifices were designed to reinforce the understanding of our sinfulness by requiring that those sacrifices had to be repeated over and over again. Study the book of of Hebrews and you'll come to understand how the the great contrast is that Jesus is not like the priests who stood in the temple offering the same sacrifices day after day. He offered one sacrifice once for all and he sat down. All of those sacrifices pointed to the perfect sacrifice. All of those priests pointed to the perfect sacrifice priest. Galatians chapter 3 explains how all of that uh, comes together. Verses 24 and 25. Therefore, now I'll let you read Galatians 1.1 through 3.23 to figure out why the word therefore starts this verse. Okay. Therefore, the law has become our tutor to lead us to Christ so that we may be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under the tutor. That's why we don't have a place for you to bring your animals to sacrifice. The sacrifice has been done once for all. Jesus did not come to lift the demands of the law from off our shoulders. He did not come to invalidate the words of the law, including all the specific predictions of the prophets. He came to 
fulfill it. So look at verse 18. For I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest letter or stroke shall pass from the law until it is all accomplished. Truly, I say to you is an interesting little phrase. It's actually a translation of the Greek word, and you know this Greek word. You just don't know that you know this Greek word. It's the word amen. Okay? It's used sparingly in the New Testament in a few cases like this to introduce an important statement that is contrary to popular opinion or regular expectations, something that would cause a surprise. Jesus is saying, contrary to what you've heard, not what you expect me to say, not what you've been told to believe about me, not the smallest letter or stroke shall pass from the law until all is accomplished. He says, until heaven and earth pass away. Well, that means just what it says. In our studies in Second Peter, in our daily um, looks into Scripture that we've been doing via email, you saw all about it in Second uh, Peter chapter 3. Uh, you can also read about it in Revelation 22 where we're introduced to the new heaven and, and the new earth. And he says, all of this takes us up to that point. Now he says, until then... Not the smallest letter or stroke will pass away. That's an interesting word picture. Um, it, letter and stroke is literally um, the Greek letter yota, I-O-T-A. Cool people that have taken New Testament Greek call it yota. You call it iota, as in not one iota. Not, not, not the smallest little thing, because it's the smallest letter of the Greek alphabet, like a little lowercase i without even a dot on it. And the other word is uh, kariah. A kariah is a, a Hebrew term, but it's not even a letter. It's a, a, literally, it's little horn, um, a, a very small projection, a little tiny hook. Think uh, comma or apostrophe. And it was used to distinguish one letter from another in Hebrew. And so Jesus is using another idiom here, and he, an English idiom that would go something like it would be, Not a single T will remain uncrossed. Not a single I will remain undotted from the law. Now, as Jesus spoke, and He says, I'm the fulfillment of this, some of it He had already fulfilled. Prophecy of where He would be born, when He would be born, to whom He would be be born. Uh, Other parts were in the process of being fulfilled as Jesus went about doing His ministry. And remember how often He would quote the Old Testament. This is what the, you're going to see the, the Messiah doing. Other parts were soon to be fulfilled when He would go to the cross and then He would rise from the dead. All of that was predicted in the Old Testament. Then He would be ascending to heaven as predicted. Other things were going to be fulfilled that uh, had not yet started, some of those in the, in the book of Acts. And then, of course, we ultimately get all the way to the book of Revelation. We even know the end of the story, and He is the fulfillment of it all. In the new heaven and the new earth, I don't think you're going to have to carry a Bible around. Uh, we'll all have iPhones. Uh, no, you won't need it. Because all of this is to get you to that point that you are with God for eternity. And the written Bible will become superfluous, but until then, everything that God has said 
will come to pass. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.